0: If I can invite you to remain standing. Our scripture reading comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. This is what Matthew writes This is how the birth of Jesus Christ took place. When Mary, his mother, was engaged to Joseph before they were married, she became pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man. Because he didn't want to humiliate her, he decided to call off their engagement quietly. As he was thinking about this, an angel from the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, because the child she carries was conceived by the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you will call him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Now all of this took place so that what the Lord had spoken through the prophet would be fulfilled. Look, a virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel. Emmanuel means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did just as an angel from God commanded, and he took Mary as his wife. But he didn't have sexual relations with her until she gave birth to a son. Joseph called him Jesus. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. If I can invite you to be seated, please. Good to be worshiping here with you all this morning. I hope yesterday was a good day and that you had a Merry Christmas. But Christmas isn't over, is it? I've got a picture of the liturgical calendar of the church. And so for everyone who's planning to take down decorations today, and maybe you'd rather watch football, today's your excuse. You can leave them up a little longer. Um, According to the liturgical calendar of the church, Advent... I don't have the days on this one, but you can see the white part of Christmas. And so Christmas technically is a season in the church, goes through uh, the day of Epiphany where we celebrate the Magi visiting Jesus. Usually the day of Epiphany, is that January 6th? 6th? 5th, yeah, 5th, 6th. And then usually we observe it in the nearest Sunday. Um, um, to that date. So, for those of us who are not planning to de-decorate today, you can certainly do so. Although, if you're planning to, that's fine too. I mean, it's no big deal. But as I was preparing for this morning's worship service, I thought what we would do is is just pause and read the other account. Of Jesus' birth from Matthew's gospel. At Christmas Eve, we uh, took some time at the beginning of the service and we read the prologue to John's gospel, which is the beginning of of John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5, where John says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was made flesh, and the flesh came and dwelt among us, and in him was life, and that life was the light of man, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never overcome it. We also read from Luke chapter 2, which gives us an account of of Jesus' birth. That's different because uh, from the one we've read today, although I would say that Luke's version is probably the one that you and I are more familiar with, isn't it? Because it's the one that we read or you see often. If you go and get a card that talks about the birth of Jesus, a Christmas card or whatever, often it is Luke's gospel that's, that's qu- quoted on it, isn't it? Luke's gospel is the one we read or you watch in the Peanuts Christmas special. I'm sure you can think of other times when you've heard or recognized Luke's gospel. Because Luke tells us about a journey to Bethlehem. Luke tells us that there is no room left in the inn or in the guest room of a home. Luke tells us about the angels singing glory to God. And Luke tells us about the shepherds who traveled to find the one who was wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And so Matthew we're going to look at this morning. Mm Because Matthew tells us Joseph's side of the story. Matthew tells us that when Joseph learned of Mary's pregnancy, he was a righteous man who decided he would quietly uh, divorce Mary and move on with his life. Matthew tells us that as Joseph was thinking about this, or, or making up his mind and making up his decision, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, telling him, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, because the child she carries is conceived by the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you will call him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. So here's what I noticed on this. In Matthew's Gospel, jo- Joseph is told what to name Jesus, isn't he? Because the angel tells him his name will be Jesus and he will save uh, the people of God from their sins. But that's basically the same thing, isn't it, that that the angel told Mary in the Gospel of Luke? See, I had to go check this, because at first I thought it was just Matthew's Gospel that that gave the name of Jesus, and then I was reading Luke um, Luke chapter 1 earlier this week, I guess on Friday, getting ready for Christmas Eve, and I went, oh my gosh, I almost missed it. Because Luke's Gospel, um, Mary is also told his name will be Jesus. And so it's not just Matthew. But both accounts tell us the name of Jesus. Both accounts, whether it's through Mary's side or whether through Joseph's side, tell us the name of Jesus and that Jesus' name is to mean Emmanuel or God with us. Because that's who Jesus was. And we can ask what name can contain that, that, such glory. I came across a video this past month in, in looking at it that, that asks this very question for us to think about today. About what it means for us to think about the glory of God and what it means for us to think about Jesus and, and His name and what it means to, to be a part of our life. So if you would turn your attention to the screen, we're going to watch this brief video and then I'll talk about it a little more. What
1: name could contain such a glory? In the cool breezes of Eden, wrought from the infant earth, one arose, the voice of his creator speaking his identity to life. Adam, man. And as heaven waited short with breath, the creator spoke yet another, Eve mother of all the living. So it was with Abraham, named in the promise as the father of nations. Peter, the rock upon which the church would stand. The name called to life the destiny within. The name set the stage for all that was to come. And unto us a child was born. And what name could contain his glory? For he was mighty God, as the universe gasped into being flinging rays of light from His presence to pierce the void, to shatter the shadows to a tapestry of color. And He is mighty God, shattering our darkness, revealing our light, our truth in Him. He was everlasting Father when orphaned Israel needed a Father's touch. When we, with grief-stricken cheeks, need the embrace of one who never leaves, When we have lost our way to dark horizons, it is our everlasting Father who lights the way home. He is Prince of Peace. When, like Elijah, we need the still small voice in the turmoil's midst. When, like David, we need the melodies of his presence to soothe our troubled minds. He is sanctuary within our trials, shepherd guiding us to still waters. And yes, he is wonderful counselor. God who gives counsel in the chaos, crafting disorder into calm and failure into beauty. He is a voice for the voiceless. He is dignity for the stateless soul. It is he who raised up a lowly shepherd to become a king. He who took the fishermen of Galilee and made them leaders of history. It is the counselor who redeems our lost years breaking chains that have kept dreams imprisoned and joy confined. The name reaches across eternity, exclaimed by the splendors of galaxies, sung by the passions of angels, roared in heaven's fervor, exalted in creation's unfettered rejoicing. What name could contain him? What title, what soul renown? For this is our wonderful This is our mighty God. This is our everlasting Father, our Prince of Peace. What name could contain Emmanuel, God with us, Yahweh, the Great I Am. What name could contain the Word of Life, the Light of the World, the King of Kings, the Lord of All. We bow to the name. ...holds every other in its matchless worth. What name could contain such a glory? What name but Jesus? We cry Jesus. We cry holy is...
0: Right, so one of my favorite lines in this whole thing, which really doesn't go to the sermon at all, but it's jumping out at me, um, is that he says, "Where the shepherds were changed, or no, where the fishermen of Galilee were changed to be leaders of history." I mean, that one just jumps out at me, and I loved how this video asks the questions of names we read about in the Bible, because every name that we read about in the Bible, really, if you think about it, and if you go and if you read the Old and the New Testament. They tell us more. They tell us of the meaning in in so many ways, whether God is showing love to his people or whether God is designating that something has happened, that an event has occurred that is to be remembered. And so how different or why would it not be different in terms of the name of Jesus? From the beginning in the Old Testament, we read and and the, the video showed just a brief snippet of Adam and Eve And all of these names help us to remember. And they tell us of how God works and of how God sends forgiveness, of how God has chosen to be in relationship with his people, and of how God wants us to remember the things that have happened. Whether it's through Jesus offering us forgiveness and grace and salvation, or some of the other things, think about Adam's name. Adam's name means man, which which tells us who Adam was. And then Eve's name doesn't mean woman. Actually, Eve's name means mother of all. Which really doesn't tell us about God's relationship with us, but it tells us and helps us to remember her purpose, her plan, what God uh, chose to do and how God chose to work through her. Think of other names, Abraham and Peter. Each of these names are important. If you read in Genesis chapter 12, we read the story of Abram, who was a man married to his wife Sarai. They were unable to have children, and, and they were uh, traveling in the land of Ur, and you know, Abram had great flocks, and he had great wealth, and he had lots of servants, and all sorts of other things. But God determined, because of his heart, that Abram would become Abraham, and that he would become the father of all nations, and that his work, his children, his descendants would become a blessing to the world, right? Peter was renamed Cephas when Jesus told him that you, on you, you're the rock on which I will build my church. I was thinking of some other names of the Bible. Jacob was given his name because he clung to the heel of his twin brother Esau when they were born. Jacob means clinger or or determined one, and each of these names have meaning. Or even think about places. Um, so where Jacob wrestled with God, he was to build a stone, right, or a, a column of stones, and he called it Peniel, P-E-N-I-E-L, and that's where, a place that, where he wrestled. When the people of Israel crossed the Jordan, they were to carry 12 stones and set the 12 stones up, and God made them make a place there that he named, and he said, you will return to this place each year, and you will remember the deliverance that has happened. See, all of these names are important, but none are as important as the name that you and I are able to utter, which is the name of Jesus. Because if you think about it, friends, on this day after Christmas, in this Christmas season, we are are given the, the privilege and the ability and the opportunity and the joy to be able to call to Jesus, who is our mighty God, who is our Prince of Peace, who is our King of Kings, who is the Lord of Lords. It's only Jesus who does all of these things. Whether that's like in the video, giving voice to the voiceless or giving sanctuary to us in our trials or giving us encouragement when things, seem unencour- when things seem dismal and bleak, giving us hope when things seem hopeless. It's only Jesus who's the shepherd. That If you read in his own words in the parables, the shepherd that is willing to leave the 99 other sheep in his flock in order, in order to pursue the one that is lost because Jesus is not just Jesus but he's the great shepherd the one who knows us each by name whose heart breaks for us when our heart is breaking and who wants us to be with him it's only Jesus that we can read about in Psalm 23 that leads us to still waters it's only Jesus that did so much and it's only Jesus that is doing so much And it's only him who came and lived and died so that through his resurrection we might have life and we might have life eternal. Friends, it's in his name that that we can know that, that God has come to this earth to live life and to experience our hurt and pain but also to overcome it so that we can receive the promised new life that's in him. I think what we can take today, and maybe from the scripture, but also that, 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 that the, the scripture is so specific in telling us that, that Jesus was to be named Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. You know, that's, that's read in the book of Isaiah as a prophecy to say, this is what will happens. A one will come, he will be born of, and his name will be Emmanuel. And then in Luke 2, and then also in Matthew 1, we read it. It's today we can rest in the assurance that it was all part of God's plan to send Jesus to save us. For he is Emmanuel, he is God who has come to be with you. And no one else can or ever will be able to claim that name. And in no one else's name can you and I be offered forgiveness for our sins, and in no one else's name can we receive the life that is eternal. The life that was offered to us on Christmas, and then in his 33 years in ministry, and then in his death, and then in his resurrection, it's only because of Jesus.